Hello and welcome to 1000 Wives of Weird, a podcast that is a celebration of everything weird, mostly movies. Mm-hmm. I'm Brad Hefner, and with me as always is... Billy Martell. And this week, we're back after a hiatus from quarantine. You won't recognize it. Well, you will, but we'll have an episode before this, 3 Deva Dam. Yes. This is episode four, technically. We recorded an episode about Orpheus, the we Jean did. Cocteau, ep- the Jean Cocteau classic. Yes, which was not very good. It was not very good, so we 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 scuttlebutted that one, and because of that, I need to very quickly apologize to uh, Brendan Jesus. Yes, because <laughs> we have tried to acknowledge him as the original co-host of this podcast like two or three times now, and every time it either gets cut out or the entire episode gets dropped. So, Brandon yeah. Jesus, thank you for running so I could walk. Yes. <laughs> Alright, this week we're talking about the movie Violence Voyager, mm-hmm. which is, so far, the weirdest movie we have watched for this show. It is the uh, the most obscure movie we've watched so far. It's the only movie that we've watched so far that does not have a Wikipedia entry as of this to- as of the time of this recording. It is also the most recent film we have watched. The IMDb oh, yeah. date lists it as 2018. I believe the actual release was 2019. But mm, mm. Um, directed by a man named... It's a Japanese film. Directed by... Ujicha. Ujicha. This is technically his third film. His first is Burning Buddha Man. And his second was part of an anthology called Fool Japan, the ABCs of Tetsudan. And this is a very interesting movie. It's technically animated. but Technically. The, the animation style is... I don't know how you would describe it. It's like paper puppetry. It's, it's, it's like... Uh, it, it feels like you're almost watching someone doing one of those uh, puppet scenes that you would do as a kid with popsicle sticks and paper cutouts of people. Yes, it's very similar. It's... Yeah. It's all, it looks hand-drawn, and paper figures are cut out, and it is not, you do not see them move, it's not stop motion in any way. No. They are moved at the bottom of the screen by Mm -hmm. human hands. Um, It's almost like South Park, but South Park is stop motion. Yeah. Um, I would honestly look at this as more of almost like puppetry than animation. yeah, Yeah. You can make that argument. Yeah. So, what we like to do here is... Tell you whether or not we recommend it, so you can go into the movie on your own and experience it firsthand, or decide to listen to it. It's available on Amazon Prime. I yep. believe that is the only place you can get it. I don't think it has a DVD release at all. I don't believe so. Because when I first heard about this movie, I was very interested, and I wanted to get it, and then it turned out to be on Amazon Prime. So We both, we both tend to prefer physical media over uh, having things in the cloud. but Yes, we like to have... Uh, we like to potentially be crushed by our obsession. <laughs> we, we, our our goal is we both want to be like just dying in a maze of DVDs and Blu-rays. Exactly. That people can't find the body for days and it's just stinking up because we're surrounded by physical media. So, Billy, you have not experienced weird cinema as much as I have. No, I have not. Is this the weirdest movie you have watched? I don't know. Uh, in terms of animation, uh, yes, it's like we, we, we're having trouble even quantifying what it is. Yes. Uh, so I would say yes in terms of the medium of the message. It is the weirdest film that I've seen. Um, in terms of plot and uh, the elements in the story, 
I don't know. It's it's got it's not technically that much different from a lot of other things that I've seen. Yeah. It's just ickier about it. It is very icky. It, this is a body horror film. Yeah. It has a plot that is very um it's 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 weirdly by the numbers in terms of what you expect from a lot of I would say weird cinema. That's yeah. not a genre, but let's call it weird cinema. Like there's 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 a the the formula of normal people coming across a weird thing on a journey and getting stuck there for a while. I suppose we should briefly sum up the plot. Two school chums, yeah, an American Bobby and Akira aka Akun are planning to go across a mountain to find their friend Takaki, yes, who lives in who has moved to a neighboring town. On their way across the mountain, they stumble across a sort of theme park type thing, uh, amusement attraction game called Violence Voyager, Mm -hmm. and once inside, uh, they get trapped, and things take a horrific turn. Right. And so, it's it's, it's a very... I I could basically predict everything that was going to happen when when the action started going forward. I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, and it happened. I guarantee you there are some things that you did not predict. Um, there's some things. I'm going to call out the things that I don't think you saw coming. Later. Uh, but, yeah, so there's, there's that, but, um, at the same time, yeah, there was some, like, legitimately, like, disturbing things, and I was like, this is really fucking weird. So I don't, I, 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 and, and when it comes down to, like, whether I recommend it or not, that's, that's kind of the problem I'm having. I don't know. Okay. Is, 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 uh... Because I don't know how I personally feel about the movie. We're going to find out, I guess, by the end of this episode, yeah. how I feel about it. But I, I, I've been, like, just sort of contemplating it since yesterday, being like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? And I guess maybe that is a sign of this being very weird. Yes. That I don't know what the fuck I watched. Um, I, I don't know. It, it didn't... Like, I expected when we started... Because you told me when we went into this... Please tell me if I'm talking too much. No, go ahead. This you, is your... You told me when we were going into this that this week, we're he said we've been he said we've been tiptoeing in like the shallow end of weird. We're gonna go right into it this yes. week. So I was expecting like, I guess to have my hair blown back. I was expecting like really like come out of this really upset. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm such a delicate flower. But uh, watching this, it didn't it didn't. Uh, it didn't fuck me up. It just sort of left me thinking, why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why did this happen? So, I don't know. I don't know how to okay. feel. And to give a little bit more context, when we were first uh, talking about movies to potentially do, one of the things you mentioned was a movie we just watched recently, uh, Do the Right Thing, Rewatched recently, Do the Right Thing. Yes. Which is not a very weird movie. It's, it's, it's weird to, like, a normie. It's it's it doesn't flow the same way that a movie would you'd expect a movie to flow. I suppose. Yeah, Violence Voyager flows more in a more traditional three act structure. Gotcha. I see right what you're thing. saying. But do the right thing is more about just normal things happening to normal people, upsettingly yes. normal things sometimes. Yes. But uh, still. But I just wanted to bring that up as a context for. Where you were yeah. a few weeks ago, and now you're like, Violence Voyager. I don't know. It didn't do that much. Uh. Well, that's that's true. I, I I think that 
the other but the other day it was would do the right thing it was because i had only seen it the one time and i remembered it really making me upset yes. at a time when i was very much less experienced in the world and in the themes of that movie as i am now gotcha when we watched it again i was like this is great but it doesn't bother me as much okay it bothers me as a human being because of the th horrible things people do to each other in that yes. movie but this movie didn't bother me in that same way because the horrible things people do to each other in this movie are not real are things. not real things that real people do to each other you know so i i guess that's that would be the difference in in terms of where my my mindset is on those things. Gotcha. So yeah. So you don't know whether you would recommend it or not. I don't. I think that if you are on the fence because oh, body horror squicks me out, I think this is probably a good body horror movie for you to to get started on because everything is made out of paper. Body except horror, the actual fluids. The fluids, the fluids are always are the, always real. Yeah. Whenever there's a fluid on screen, they like pour uh, like food coloring or, or water on some gross ass something viscous gross liquid on it which is which is pretty gross but like one of the things that always impedes like when i watch jeff goldblum's the fly which i've never seen oh it's great i need i it's really need to so get a copy great. i'm not a fan of body horror because i personally in real life i was a kid i went to taekwondo when i was a kid and someone would get kicked in the thumb and the thumb would get uh how often would this out happen? I'm making joint. it sound like it happened. It happened daily. To, there were two kids who like really hated each other and would really go at it, and like they would. Maybe it, they shouldn't have been fighting each other. Who was your fucking sensei? Uh, a really uh, irresponsible fucker. Okay. Yeah, we left this. This was a school we used to. We didn't. We stopped going to them after a while because. Oh, you're not still going to them twenty years later. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> we we left that school pretty quickly because we realized that the people in charge were just not not smart. But, like, anytime anything, like, squicky, like, body-related like that always squicked me out. So when I watch movies like The Fly, the shit that they... The special effects are so good, they make them look like it's really mm -hmm. happening in Jeff Goldblum, and it's so good. This movie, um, it's still squicky stuff happening, but it's all paper. It's yeah, it's all, all paper, it's all drawings. It honestly feels like a sort of someone was like, "I want to make a motion comic out of this graphic novel I've made, but I don't know how to do that with computers. I know I'll just cut the figures out and I'll do it like that." Yeah. So yeah, it's it's if if you're not sure about body horror and you want to see uh, if you want to try a story like that without with relatively low stakes, uh, sure. Um, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still on the fence about, okay. about the movie. I would recommend it if just for the very unique medium it's done in. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything else like this. I don't know if anything else like this exists aside from uh, Ujicha's first movie, Burning Buddha Man, mm -hmm. which I believe is done in the same style, which is called Gekimation. Gekimation? Gekimation? Yeah, which I'm not sure what that translates to, but that's what he calls it. There's Animation very little. Even a gecko could do. I guess. It's Geico's official animation style. <laughs> You need to get your fucking skin insurance. <laughs> Geico's presenting violence voyage. <laughs> so it's it's unique for that. If you're seeking weird, that is definitely weird. It's oh, uh, yeah. there's some gnarly, gross stuff in there. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, we're going to be watching more body horror. 
I don't know when, yeah. but we're going to be doing Videodrome and probably Existence. Body horror is like an, in a, a deliberately weird genre. Yes, and I love it. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah, that's, um, that's one of those genres that, yeah, has always been an impediment for me. So I, I can't wait to, to, like we were talking about in the first episode, have my eyeballs peeled back and, and watch some. Yep, I told you we're going to go to some uncomfortable places. Yep. So there's that, and it's just like... If you like stuff like Junji Ito, Kago Shintaro, horror manga like that, uh, this is a great choice. Yeah, it's it's a good, weird choice. It's very unique. It's sort of a middling on the weird scale. Like you said, it's not a blow your hair back, mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so. It's definitely something you're not going to get. Just like watching your your normal Friday night movie on on the on the cable channels, you're not gonna get Violence Voyager. This is some this is something you have to seek out. It's an obscure piece of interesting cinema. Yes, at the very least. Now, what I've decided is going to be a feature, at least for my episodes. You don't have to do this when you're presenting. Okay. Uh, I like to play games. Last yes. week we played Three Devahu. <laughs> That's right. This week. <laughs> This week, where I'm going to read to you from um, this Choose Your Own Adventure book I found, it's very weighty, <laughs> uh, and it's called Flirty Dance, Haunted Carnival of Terror. Okay. So, I'm going to read to you, and you're going to make some choices. We're going to do a couple choices right now. Okay. Right? I can't wait. It's a balmy summer's day. You're walking with your two friends, Ronald and Donald. I have two friends? You have two friends. Wow. And they stick with you even on balmy summer days. Ronald and Donald. Ronald and Donald. Uh, Donald uh, seems a little bit racist. I don't well, think I want to hang out with him. You don't have to. You're going to make some choices regarding that. <laughs> okay. And as you guys are wandering aimlessly by the railroad tracks, mm-hmm. you come across a flirty dance <laughs> carnival, traveling <laughs> carnival. It wasn't there before. It's here now and presumably yeah. it won't be there later. Yeah. And you guys decide, hey, let's go to the carnival. Let's go to this carnival. It, it looks creepy. This is this is how this book is written. It's not right. written very well. <laughs> it's not a very well written book. It looks run down. It's mm-hmm. rusty. There's rust on the wooden gates. Rusty. Um, so you guys go inside. and Ronald wants to go to the midway and play some games. And Donald wants to go ride some rides on the rideway. So do you do you go to the midway? Uh-huh. Here are your choices. Do you go to the midway, which will turn to page eighty? Yeah. Do you go ride some rides, which will turn to page one hundred and forty-three? Mm-hmm. Or do you leave and go to dental school, which will turn to page one thousand and ten? <laughs> well, I definitely don't want to go to dental school. Okay. That seems horrible. Uh, I don't want to hang out with Donald because he's racist. Okay. But Ronald is transphobic. Okay. So I'm I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. You have a rich headcanon for these characters. Well, I'm I'm assuming that Donald is Donald Trump, and I'm assuming that Ronald is, is Ron Weasley, oh, okay. who was created by J.K. Rowling, the famous transphobe. Do you want me to give them different names? Would that help I don't, you? No, it's in the book. True, we but don't I can wanna, I can adjust it. Against, we don't want to go against the author's vision. I don't think the author Adolf Hitler. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, would mind. <laughs> No, uh, I, I, I've decided that I'm just going to go by what I personally would like to do. Okay. I don't like carnival games because I suck at them, so I'm okay. going to go on the rides. You're going to go to the rides, okay. Going to go to the rides. Yeah, who wanted to go to with the rides? Was that Ronald That was Donald. Donald. Okay, Donald. 
Donald wants to go to the ride. So you you leave Ronald. Ronald goes off to play a game. Yep. And you you go with Donald, and here you go to the rides, the big ride section, the and big there's ride section. there's a flirty Dan's haunted haunted house. I would like to point out that in the book it says, and there's a there's a yeah, flirty is, Dan's I assume, house. This is wow. Someone yeah. like spoke this into a like a, a speech and. Yeah, type. Adolf Hitler did. <laughs> Adolf as a Hitler did. He lived until speech to text was invented. Yeah, he made his choose your own adventure magnum opus. That movie, they save Hitler's brain. That was like partially documentary, except instead of trying to take over the world, he was just writing. <laughs> I must, your own adventure books. They must choose their own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> they must seize their destinies. <laughs> So there's uh, Flirty Dan's Haunted Haunted House. Right, right, right. There's um, the Massacre Roller Coaster. The Massacre Roller Coaster. And there's um, the the Duck Pond, which is a nice water ride. I don't know how they dug up the trenches to put in a water <laughs> ride at this traveling carnival, but they did. Uh-huh. All of the rides look very shoddy. They look very run down, very dangerous. Okay. Especially the Haunted Haunted House, which is presumably... A normal haunted house, which is not haunted, but this one, something terrible must have happened where it is now haunted for real. Okay. So which one would you like to go to? Uh, I really like haunted houses. Let's go on the haunted okay. house. Okay. Yeah. And that's where we'll leave off with Flirty Dan's Haunted Carnival of Terror Ooh. for right now. Full of suspense. You and Donald about to go into the haunted, haunted house. Can't wait. Vine's Voyager starts out with Bobby, an American kid, mm-hmm. and Akun. Akun is short for Akira, Akira, uh, which is a reference to... The very famous anime film and also manga, Akira, yes. which is also a body horror piece. Yes, this. Yeah. They are coming home from school. They're carrying their class projects. Bobby has made a baseball pinball game, and Akun has a big cardboard dinosaur. To be specific, uh, Bobby has made a computer baseball game, a handheld computer baseball game. And uh, Akun says... Uh, that no Japanese person would ever think to make a computer baseball game, which is stupid. Yeah. Because Japan is famously obsessed with baseball. They are. And it's a well-known stereotype that Japanese people are supposed to be good at electronics. Yeah. So it's one of the stupidest things. It is. And I don't know if it's an intentional joke, because Bobby feels, like, bad about his, his invention. And Akum says, no, no Japanese person would ever think of that. I, so I don't know if that's supposed to be an intentional. It's one of those, like, uh, we talked about with uh, the first movie we were talking about. Tracks? Tracks, where it was like, is this uh, is this stupid or is it funny? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, because that's not really a running thing in the film. No. But, and this is important so we know that Bobby is good at tinkering and good at putting stuff together. That's true. There are two horrors right in the beginning of this. Yes. Akun's brother, Yakun, has made this grotesque, limbless, blue, goggled-eyed tadpole monster for his project. Yes. And also the foreheads of Akun and Yakun. Yeah, what the hell was up with that? I have no fucking clue. So, Akun and Yakun are essentially, are apparently Klingons... And I don't, I don't know why, but they have like these weird grid patterns on their heads. They look like hams. Yeah. You know how hams have those ridges that's, and bumps? That's exactly it. Yeah. They, they, um, it's, it's weird, and it's there the entire movie, and nobody comments on it. Nope. And later we see uh, Akun without any hair, 
and it goes all the way to the back. Oh my god, you're right. That's right. So like, it, I, at first I was like, maybe it's like a style thing. I know certain cultures wear hairnets sometimes as like a style piece. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was looking for any kind of explanation, but yeah, the ridges continue all the way back and I, I have no idea what the hell it's never explained yeah there's a lot of grotesque foreheads in this movie though yes there's a lot of massive foreheads but at least with some people there's a reason for it I guess some people like like there's an old man at one point like true you know, like you expect old men in animation to have big foreheads you expect yeah. them all to look like Yoda oh by the way something I want to ask you up top Okay. Do you think there's any metaphor or subtext in this movie? Oh, um, I think there might be something. Okay. If there is, I have not identified it yet, but there are certain themes that exist yes. that I want to bring up later on when we get to them. Okay. But w do you have any particular ideas? That you I believe that this is a movie about puberty and sex. Well, that's very possible because most movies like this are about that. Yes. Like, most body horror movies are about that. Most movies where someone gets... Again, this this movie follows the formula that a lot of weird cinema seems to follow of normal people get stuck in a weird place, they are changed somehow by the experience, and then uh, have to return to the, to the real world in some way changed. This is uh, the same thing as Human Centipede, same thing as Rocky Horror Picture Show, same thing is like freaked, yeah. Uh, that Red Letter Media covered recently. So like it's it's uh, it's it's a very by the numbers weird plot. Yeah. But uh, and most of those movies are about sex yeah. or or coming to adulthood in some way, and particularly masturbation. At, At least for this, violence, boys. You think that this movie is about masturbation? Yes. Uh, Interesting. Sex, but also mostly masturbation. I'll point these out as we come to them. Okay. All right. Um, I can't wait. Uh, Akuna tells Bobby that he found a path that leads to a neighboring village. Also, we uh, the version that's on Amazon is dubbed in English. Yes. And the voice acting is some uh, especially ratchet shit. Yeah, it's not great. It's 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 pretty bad. It's not the worst always, but there the 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 weird dichotomy between some of the really overacting, like especially Akum. Akum and his little brother Yakum are voiced by the same person, mm -hmm. and their acting is so big. Their choices are so big. Yakum in particular makes you want to rip your own ears off of your head. It's it's so irritating. But then you get Bobby's father who shows up later, and his performance is so dead. Yes. It made me feel like I was watching Digimon <laughs> from back in the day, like the original Fox Kids dub, where all the acting was all over the place. Uh, that's that's kind of what it feels like to watch it, which adds to, on top of that, with the the kids and the sort of kid-like uh, uh, problems that they have, and the sort of uh, setup that almost feels like a, a Miyazaki movie, which is another filmmaker who does a lot of the normal people find a weird place for a while yes. genre uh it really feels like a kid's movie at the beginning it does the way that it starts out especially with the animation and all that we kind of associate that with children in the west erroneously in my opinion but still. yes yeah akun has found a path that leads to a neighboring village that will let bobby and him go visit their friend takaki mm -hmm. who has moved away mm -hmm. they're planning on going tomorrow yes yakun wants to go but akun won't let him 
says they'll take him when he's a teenager. And here's the first instance of themes of puberty and sexuality. This is a trip for people who are becoming teens. Right. Not It's not for little kids. Right. And Yakun, uh, in, in kind of a, a, a red herring, says, If you don't invite me, you'll regret it! <laughs> and I thought that maybe Yakun was going to be part of whatever evil thing happened at that point, because he was so vehement and vengeful in the way he said it, but not so much. Here we get a really interesting shot of the medium at work. Yakun's little paper hand is tapping against Akun in anger, Mm-hmm. And there's sort of a dull, thudding sound effect. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just interesting to see motion played out in this medium. I would love to see some footage, you know, uh, like... Um, uh, this is At the end of the movie Box Trolls, they show a time-lapse footage of the animators doing the stop motion. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. Uh, I would really love to see something like that for this. I would love to see what it looks like when they're making these people move. It'd be very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, The boys are confronted by a mean girl and her cronies. Yep. Who are as yet unnamed, so I just refer to them as Bucktooth and Tongue Always Out. <laughs> Everyone's there's, a horrific creature in this movie. There's a lot of uh, people with their tongues out over yeah. the course of this film. I, I will say you mentioned Uzumaki. What was the creator of that? Junji Ito. You, you mentioned Junji Ito earlier, and the art style in this is not Junji Ito. No. But it reminds me of that in that anytime a human being makes a face other than, like, neutral or concerned, they just look horrifying. <laughs> uh, and that's something that is also a Junji Ito staple. Anytime yes. someone makes... Anyone, anytime someone smiles too much, they just look like a monster. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Bobby says goodbye to Akun, and this is the first time we see Bobby's palm, which yes. is all stitched up. There's a stitched up wound. Yes. Um, Akun has the same thing on his palm. It's a it's a nice little visual cue yes. of of the of them being blood brothers, and it makes us, which we find out is what it is later. Yeah, but I already knew that when I first saw it. Oh, like, did you? Yeah, because that's a common thing in fiction about young boys coming of age. The I, I think that's actually a thing in Tom Sawyer as well. All right. The idea of, of being... In Tom Sawyer, I think they called them Indian blood brothers. But the idea of, of cutting your palm and, and joining blood with another boy Cause, to become blood brothers. Because I, I was confused as to what that was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I had no clue. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a cool little visual thing. And then later on they explained it, but at first I thought they were going to go the entire movie without explaining that detail. That's what I thought. And I thought that was kind of clever that they would just leave that. Now, I'll, I'll point this out now, that the wound looks vaginal. Sure, yeah, and, wounds uh, tend to. When it, as things progress, it'll eventually open up. Yes. And, and squirt. Yes, and squirt. <laughs> but having a vagina on the hand... Yeah. Fucking your own hand. Yes. Essentially masturbation. There you go. Uh, we get a little bit of narration telling us that Bobby is going to go on a hellish journey. Yes. There's a very... Again, feeling very much like Digimon or Pokemon and the way that the narrator comes is like, Ash is ready to go on his journey to become a Pokemon master. It really does. I didn't catch that, but yeah. it's very much like that. It really feels like that. We get a nice minimalist uh, credit sequence with some very creepy, discordant music. Yes. Yes. Uh, just a note, because I happen to take it, the pr- production logos at the beginning of this film are very cute. They are. Yeah. They are. Like you said, this movie does not immediately show its hand with the places it's going. 
it really feels like a, a product for kids up until like maybe 30 minutes in which is very it's very is appropriate on a meta level because they're mm-hmm. going to a place for children yep. that turns out to not be for children at all yes that's yeah it's very meta uh the next morning bobby is preparing his things mm-hmm. he's startled by his cat derek Derek. <laughs> How do you feel about the name Derek for a cat? Uh, I would not personally use it, but it, sure, why not? Derek, come here, Derek. I I, I found it nice because at the time I was, uh, I was watching the movie. Derek shows up, and the minute Derek showed up, my own cat Katniss jumped up on the couch next to me uh, to join me for watching. I was like, oh, he has his cat, I have my cat, <laughs> and then as the movie goes on, that association became less and less nice. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and another weird thing, aside from Derek's name, Derek just eats a fucking apple. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Bobby's eating the apple, he offers it to Derek, and Derek takes a bite of it as well, which I can guarantee my cat would not be into. No, but some cats do like to eat fruit. I've seen a cat eating corn. Oh, okay. I've seen a cat eating watermelon. Can they digest corn? Because I can't. don't know. Okay. I, I assume probably not well, because not a lot of them eat it. Sure, sure. Uh, and here we get a really, probably the weakest moment of animation, which is Bobby petting Derek, and it's just two pieces of paper rubbing yeah. on each other. Yeah, And then we get a very odd shot. It's a very intimidating, um, Citizen Kane-esque introduction to Bobby's father. Yes. With a sh- looming shadow coming into the room. We see his shadow encapture in, in, in Bobby. Right off the bat, Bobby's about to grab a lighter. Yeah, and then it cuts to an up, uh, a down up shot of Bobby's father looking down on him, looking just menacing as all fuck. Yes. What do you think of Bobby's father? Like throughout the movie, what what do you think? I didn't know where they were going with him because that introduction clearly paints him as a villain. Yes. Clearly, and then as, as the rest of the movie goes on, whereas he seems a little bit emotionally distant he's very gruff very gruff very sort of okay i'll do this sort of but like he does the what one would consider the duties of a father Mm -hmm. um with as much gusto as as he can manage yeah so it's interesting I, i think that if we were to go with your sex metaphor there's also oedipal themes in this and oedipal and oedipal themes yeah there's there's definitely something there where the father is there and he's providing, but at the same time he is also an enemy. Yes. If you go by Oedipal uh, psychology, mm-hmm. which I generally don't, but if you're following that for the movie, that is that that framing definitely follows that path. Yeah. When on my first watch, I thought Bobby's dad was a just an asshole, but on this watch, I was much more receptive to him, possibly yeah. because I knew what was coming. Right. But yeah, he's an interesting character. Right. Bobby's dad tells Bobby to be back before dark and to not worry his mother. Not give his mother any reason to worry. Yeah. He says it very dismissively, very gruffly. His mother is bedridden. Mm-hmm. Possibly she's weighed down by her massive forehead. <laughs> Just can't. She got that big forehead sickness. Yep. Yep. Uh, he tells mom he's going to get flowers for a lonely vase. Yes. And this is another thing that strikes me as Oedipal vases are also vaginal they are the flower being uh what we think of as flowers are the sex organs of plants that's true bobby's dad seems based on the little we're given it seems he's gone mm-hmm. from dawn till dusk yes and uh it's again uh, talking about other movies where 
you have young people going to a weird place. Uh, I just saw My Neighbor Totoro for the first time. Mm -hmm. So this setup of the dad who works all day and the mom who is sick and the child going out to interact with nature... Oh, yeah. And going on a, on a long journey and getting lost immediately struck a chord in my head with the plot of My Neighbor Totoro, which, if you haven't seen, is a much different movie than this. It's very different. But the setup is similar. It's very, yeah, it's... Yeah, there's a lot of the same pieces. Bobby and Akun set out. They're mm -hmm. followed by Yakun. Uh, Akun has an old man friend named Old Man Lucky Monkey. Yes. This seems to be a common thing in Japanese media as well, where just young boys befriend elderly men. Right, like in Back to the Future. Yeah. Right. The classic Japanese movie, Back to the Future. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's a disgraced nuclear yeah. physicist. <laughs> yeah, I would... We don't know what old man Lucky Monkey does, aside from... Sit in a room looking into the darkness, very bored and depressed and just keep all the junk his fucking chimpanzee finds yeah he has a chimpanzee so uh the first sign i think other than the the weird disgusting thing yakum was carrying earlier the first sign that you have that this movie is not a normal kids movie is that uh bobby says oh man i really gotta take a shit and he goes into a porter potty and we follow him in and see him take his pants off and you think you're about to watch an animated shit drop out of this kid's asshole and suddenly a chimpanzee starts drooling on his head. Yes. And and becomes a threat and he runs out of there. We know we don't know if he actually managed to take a shit or not. I don't know. I assumed it was scared out of him. That's possible. That's possible. But yeah, he's scared by the chimpanzee whose name is Kanji. Yes. He goes running out, smacks into Akun, they tumble down a hill and I love this animation of them falling down the hill. It's just Yes. It's the two figures made as one piece of paper yep. and spun around and just looks great. It's the medium working very yes. interestingly. Yeah. The medium is is uh is not perfect, but every once in a while it has a it has a good effect. Yes. Mm -hmm. They talk to Lucky Monkey, mm -hmm. who tells them that what they're trying to do is dangerous. Old man yes. Lucky Monkey also has a giant forehead. And he here does. it makes sense because he's an old man. Yeah, he's he's got that Yoda look going. And he also doesn't wear shoes. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, because he is a he is a monkey esque individual, so he does not wear shoes. Okay. Yeah. True. I, I assumed that the monkey part was because he had a monkey. I think he. I think there's an association there. I, I don't gotcha. think. I think that is why he's called that. But there's also an association with his character. It later on, someone refers to him as uh, Professor Bonobo. So, That's true. Yeah. So there's there's definitely an association there. With He's a man who just leaned into the whole monkey thing. He definitely did. He he made that his thing. And obviously, because this is a horror movie, they ignore Lucky Monkey's warning. Yep. As they're traveling, they find a bat underneath a sign. Yes. And because this is Bobby's thing, he feeds it some fruit gel. Yep. This it's it's it very aspects of this have a, the uh, the feeling of a folk tale. Like, yes. Uh, like. Little Red Riding Hood going through the forest, and she talks to the woodsman. The woodsman said, don't go through the forest, Little Red Riding Hood. You know, you don't know what's going through. And then she goes through, and body horror happens. Yes. At least that's how I was always told it. Exactly. Yeah. Her face begins to melt. Her face begins to melt. Um, yeah. Her fingers sprout eyeballs. They do. Yeah. And the wolf eats her, because what? who wouldn't eat a delicious, 
delicious looking person like that. Especially one who has eyeballs on every finger. Exactly. The eyeball is the best part of the face. It is. Mm-hmm. I've always said that. They're like little grapes. Both to look at and to eat. Yeah. They just burst in yep. flavor. Apparently, I think it's in Australia, mm-hmm. they'll fry up uh, lamb's eyes. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. The world's terrible. It is. I, 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 goat eyes, this is a complete sidetrack. Goat eyes freak me the fuck out. Goats are weird yeah. kind of creepy animals With, in like, general. The, the sideways pupils, they just, yeah. they just bother the hell out of me. Well, I know what not to get you for Christmas now. <laughs> I was going to get you a big bag of goat eyes. You going to get me. I've been killing so many fucking goats to harvest these <laughs> eyes. What are you going to do now? I don't know. You're I guess just... I'll just eat them. <laughs> oh, boy. And coincidentally enough, the sign that the bat was under is advertising Violence Voyager, a hands-on yes. amusement park. Mm-hmm. They decide to go. They'll check out Takaki later. Yeah. Seems like uh, I would have just gone to see Takaki. And come back later, personally, yeah. even Or as a go kid. see Takaki and be like, hey, come to this Violence Voyager thing Right, for us. let's all go together, Yeah, since we miss you so much. Dumbass little kids. They go to Violence Voyager, they cross a big bridge. Yep, I think Akum has a line where he says the sign and the bridge were not there yesterday when he found this. Oh. Yeah. Again, very fairy tale esque Very fairy tale esque yes. Uh, they meet another person with a gigantic forehead. He tells Akun and Bobby that he's always here, waiting for children to come and play. Super fucking sinister, incredibly creepy. He also he's he's his delivery is also very creepy. He has that sort of I don't know, like it's almost Hannibal Lecter esque sort of if enforced calm. I'm always waiting here for children yeah. to come by. It's it's so it's so not kosher. This character is named Koike, mm-hmm. and I'd say he's probably the best voice actor in the movie. I would agree. He gives the best performance. He delivers the most on, on what his character's supposed to he be. He really nails, like you said, that very creepy, calm, very measured. Mm-hmm. Derek the cat starts getting really agitated around this time, especially because there's a dog. Named Sparko. Named Sparko, out, chained up outside the amusement park. Uh, he's, a, he's a Rottweiler. A message to filmmakers, please stop villainizing Rottweilers. They're adorable and, and, and they have never done anything wrong. Uh, but anyway, uh, but the cat, Derek the cat is freaking out, so I wrote down a note, Derek the cat knows what's up. Derek the cat does know what's up. Derek's a very smart cat. He knows mm-hmm. enough to eat an apple, which is enough to keep doctors away. Exactly. Damn doctors. The boys want to play at Violence Voyager. Yeah. But they don't have enough money, and so there's a bit of creepy muttering from KOK. It's like, well, I, I waited all here. I put on my, I put on this uniform. <laughs> I gotta make it worth it. Which is funny. Um, so he lets him come in. Yeah. And here's where I notice that the stitches are only on the right hand. Mm-hmm. The most common hand used for masturbation. Okay, yeah. Most people are right-handed. Yep. Yeah. The owner's daughter, Sayori, who's a very attractive piece of paper. I have to say, I was really <laughs> attracted to Sayori. I was not as attracted to Sayori, but that's She's okay. She's a good-looking... She's a good-looking piece of paper. Like, uh, I don't mind saying that I find some cartoons attractive. I don't mind that Some at all. are meant to be sexy. Sure. Uh, usually they have a little bit more depth of animation than Sayori, but... <laughs> Sayori's a good-looking, flat piece of paper. <laughs> they put on raincoats and boots, which are their mm-hmm. uh, Violence Voyager suits. Yep. Uh, and here's another part of the puberty and becoming like sexually aware and sexually awakening they're putting on their rubber yep 
Oh my god. Well, th- that that's not <laughs> what I was going to mention, but that's part of it. Like okay. they are coating themselves in rubber, which will protect them against the semen-like goo. That's right. So so they so they are played a video uh, to give them the backstory for Violence Voyager. It's 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 it doesn't have much to do with the rest of the plot, but the idea is that there are these. Hold on, before that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. After the boys get into their uniform, Sayori says they look very handsome. We get this shot of Akun staring at her. He's mm-hmm. aware of her as a woman. She's aware. He's yes. aware that he looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, these that. are not old teens. They're no. probably like 13 at the oldest. So they're just sort of getting out of that age where it's like, uh, girls are icky. I'm, yeah. They've been in there for a while, but... This is a great shot, and it's it's. This is not just flat shots. There are angles. There's perspective. Mm-hmm. It, it's well done. And this shot of Akun tells us a lot about like he's attracted to this woman. Yeah. Now, what were you going to say about the video that Sayori puts on? So yeah, there's a little TV, a little box TV in in the corner, and they play a videotape for the kids in which the the host. What would you say his name was again? K O K. K O K. Uh, gives a talk about how the planet Earth has been invaded by these evil alien robots. They shoot this liquid, uh, the liquid that Brad was talking about, that melts humans, and then they use them for protein mm-hmm. to, to feed on. But uh, you have, but using the ponchos, you can you can prevent being hit with the the liquid, and you can use um, these squirt guns, just water pistols. Yeah. Uh, to shoot them, and that liquid will take out the robots. We've developed this special liquid, it's water, to take out the bad guys. A little note, when they go to the TV, next to it is a doll of a monster fought by Ultraman in the original Ultraman series. Cool. So, even more so, they are drawing that line, that parallel line, in... In the in the way that it's being set up to childhood, in uh, in Japan to, to children's television, to sort of the superhero action thing of fighting alien robots and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a great detail in the video mm-hmm. where we're shown scenes of the carnage wrought by the invaders, mm-hmm. and we see Kiyoke and Sayori as corpses. No, and uh, which makes sense because Kaoke could have created a bunch of like fake bodies, like he does for the cardboard people in the amusement park. Yeah, but and he made everything in Violence Voyager himself. But he wants the tape to look real, so he got mm-hmm. the only two people he could, which was him and his daughter, <laughs> to just lay on the ground and pretend to be corpses. That is a cool detail. I did not notice that. Um, and it's interesting. The robots mm-hmm. kill, like we said, by spraying a strong alkali liquid from mm-hmm. their hands. From orifices that look like what Bobby's palm will look like when the stitch breaks open and he sprays the they, cum they, from out of they, it. Their hands look like little fleshy starfish. Yes. Uh, with, Again, with very vaginal. Very vaginal. It almost looks like that weird vaginal penis monster from Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah, almost. The, uh, other references to uh, Japanese children's media I saw, the, the Violence Voyager logo... Looks very much like um, a Super Sentai logo. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one, but one of them. I think it's VR Troopers. Uh, maybe. I only well, say I, that just because there's a it's two VR V's. Troopers was only the American name of it, but yeah, some, um. something like that. Um, and then there was also there is a a cave 
inside the Violence Voyager location that is shown to them in the videotape where the monsters that they some of the monsters that they have to fight inside are captured in as as statues and it looks like the logo for one of the Godzilla movies one of the all monsters attack series where all of the Godzilla monsters would come together they had they had a logo for one of them where it was a big statue of all the Godzilla monsters in a row oh cool so there's that there's a lot of visual uh coding in, in, in this part of the film to yeah. make you think, oh, fun, it's going to be Japanese, sort of fun, uh, kids' action, rubber suits, yeah. yeah. And I'd like to point out that the robots, like I said, spray a strong alkali liquid. Semen is a mild alkaline. Ah. So. There you go. There we go. There we go. Um, and as you mentioned before, the commander of the enemy forces is called Dr. Bonobo. And yes. Akun points out that Dr. Bonobo looks exactly like old man Lucky Monkey. There's a great shot of Kiyoke with his mouth mouth wide open shouting, Men, it's time to begin the, your attack! Mm -hmm. He raises his fist. He has an assault rifle in his hand. We should probably know for people who, have, who did not stop earlier and go watch the movie or have not seen the movie yet, that none of the... As a limitation of the animation, none of there's no uh, lip sync. No, there's no mouth movement. Yeah, people's mouths will be open, and lines will be said, but like there's no. It's it's very much it very much feels like you're watching like a motion comic. Like I said before, it does it. it there's no lip sync there. And here's another great little detail. Akun raises his fist along with Kiyoke. Yes. And he's looking at Sayori as he does it. Either he wants to show her how brave he is in a very childlike manner, mm -hmm. or he's just looking at her. Either way, he's sure. enamored with her. He's going on this journey where he is... You can definitely see it. It's, it's, it's very clear that there's a lot of uh, looks being thrown her way. Yeah. And for such a weird, simplistic method of animation, the fact that that is communicated without dialogue is pretty impressive. It is. Yeah. The boys are given their choice of squirt guns... Another penis metaphor. Very, it's a very cute uh, scene too, because like it, it made me feel like a kid again. I would not have picked the squirt guns that they picked. No, there are some really cool looking ones. There's some really very realistic guns in that room, and Akum ends up picking one of those cute little, little dolphin. dolphin guns. Yeah, which I don't know how that fits into your metaphor. Although well, a dolphin, a dolphin is a type of vibrator. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. And it does, dolphins do look like penises, and they're also very aggressively sexual. Yeah. And dolphins have prehensile penises. Do they? Like a monkey's tail, so it can wrap around things. Monkeys. They keep coming back. They do. Yeah, and then, uh... Do you think Old Man Lucky Monkey has a prehensile penis? I would hope so. I can only assume. Right. Like... He doesn't have a tail, so he needs something. Yeah. And Bobby uh, chooses, like, a classic super soaker. Very, yeah, very, looks like pretty much every super soaker you've ever seen. It, yeah, one more point he actually picks down the gun that i would have picked like this big it looks like one of the big heavy duty uh automatic weapons from the golden eye video game yeah and then he, he chucks that aside and picks up a regular super soaker yeah it's like okay maybe it was heavy the boys start violence voyager and it's very mm -hmm. disappointing for them it looks At sort first. of lame and janky i this... put a, i put a note down saying man i i would have I said, what are they complaining for? This is awesome. Even before they start having fun, I was like, this is so cool. It is. <laughs> and it's something that, there's sort of a, at least for people like us, there's a horseshoe movement in maturity where you get to a point in life where it's like something like this would be lame. Yeah, that's true. And then you come back around where it's like, we would have fun with this now. Oh, yeah. absolutely. If I were, if I were going to 
the park that Violence Voyager pretends to be yeah. as an adult, I would have so much fun. But this is also, uh, with the puberty theme and the theme of growing up and sexual awakening, mm-hmm. they are at that phase where they are a bit too cool for something so kitty. Yeah. But then they eventually do start having fun with it. It's very kitty. The, the, the animatronics are very janky. They're going like... Eh, 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 eh. like yeah. You can hear them clinking and clanking. The, the sound design is very good. Oh, it's great. Uh, it, it communicates what the, the visuals are not on a lot of occasions. Yeah, this is a movie that recognizes the weaknesses of its form and tries to lean into other methods. I don't know how the original Japanese voice language would be. No idea. It, I assume it's better than the dub. It usually is. I would hope so. So the boys are refilling their squirt guns. Yeah. They find the messed up girl about their age, Tokiko. Yes. She's been there for three days. She had come with her boyfriend. She's crying and scared. And Oh, Derek gets separated from them at this point. Right. Yeah. And here's where Bobby sort of takes interest in a girl. It's not as overt as Akun's interest, but he's the one who's going to be ministering to Tokiko. Yeah, it's it's very much in that sort of action movie way where it's not so much as, oh, you're really pretty, as much as, like, he starts caring for her and, like, this sort of, like... Uh, story beat alarm clock in the back of your brain goes off and you're like, love interest. Yes. Even though she says she has a boyfriend, like that thing in the back of your head says, not for long, you don't. The boys are getting freaked out. And at this point, there's a line flub that they left in the movie. Which is? Uh, Well, there are actually a couple of things that could be interpreted as line flubs that are left in the movie. People talk over each other many times. But there's a bit where Akum says, Bobby, this is starting to get... Bobby, this is starting to get creepy. <laughs> and it's left in the movie, and I don't know why. Because, again, this is a dub. Yeah. So, did they just not have much time to make this? I can did only, the editor miss it? I can only assume it was meant to appear natural, like Akun was sort of stuttering. I, I get that, but, like, that's not how people stutter. Like, I don't True. start my sentence over when I'm, when I'm done, you know? Sometimes I do. I, yeah, I guess so. I, I just it's it sounded exactly like an actor resetting and taking it again. Yeah, to it, me, I didn't notice it, mm-hmm. but clearly it bothered you immensely. It, I'm so I'm so upset. Zero out of ten. So, uh, they try to leave. Yeah. When they find, they go back to the entrance. The bridge is gone. Yes, and. The dog is off the, the leash. The dog is off the... Who let the dogs out? Woof, 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 woof. We can only assume it was Kaoke. Right. And the dog attacks Bobby. And the mauling of Bobby's hand by the dog is surprisingly vicious. This is the first moment where you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, they, it, it, it goes from zero to a hundred in like no time at all. It works really well yeah. given the limitations of the medium. Yeah, this is where it really starts to kick it up a notch. And the same thing when Derek attacks Sparko. Derek shows up again and, and, and fights off Sparko to protect his beloved Bobby. And they fall down. They uh... And there's a, there's a scar that happens. Derek fights Sparko, and then he gets knocked over the cliff, and he's clinging onto it, and Sparko goes up to him and, up to him and says, Wrong with the green! And, like, knocks him <laughs> right off the cliff. And uh, he fall- Derek falls down to a river, and there's a real water splash. Whenever there's liquid, yeah, usually it's it's they either drip liquid onto the paper, or they have um, a overlay animation. Yeah, so especially when there's a splash of water, uh, in particular, they have a lot of like stock animations of water splashing 
overlaid over the footage. Yeah. I put I put at this point there's there's a um so the Rottweiler knocks Derek the cat into the into the river. They get away from the dog by going back into the park. And around this point, there's a cutaway to his mom worrying about mm. Bobby and Akum saying, oh man, they've been gone for so long. And the way that she was sitting up in bed, and or trying to sit up in bed or moving in the bed, reminded me in particular of a pop-up book. Oh, the, yeah. the animation in this in a lot of places, the way that they designed certain specific pieces for certain specific movements reminded me very much of like playing with a tab on the corner of a of a of a pop-up book oh dracula's moving up and down like that i would love a violence voyager pop-up book i would love a violence voyager pop-up book i think i think it, i think this would work really well as a graphic novel i know it's yeah. coming back to that but it really felt like that to me uh tokiko bashes the dog over the head and then she's dragged off by a robot that looks just like the ones in the violence voyager game yes exactly and, and yep and here we're gonna open up uh flirty dance oh uh carnival spooky carnival of terror times again so the, you've the decided title gets longer every time we open it this book. it changes as you choose your adventure oh, what an inventive medium yeah hitler was really ahead of his time in some ways <laughs> oh that's gonna particularly cut out. particularly <laughs> In regard to choose-your-own-adventure books, not so much in regard to uh, genocide. Oh, good caveat. Good caveat. Yeah. <laughs> so you and Donald yeah. have entered Flirty Dan's Haunted Haunted House. I'm worried about tr being in a location near anyone named Flirty Dan. Well, Flirty Dan's waiting for you at the entrance. Oh, is he? And he gives you a wink, and he, he's wearing a cowboy hat and chaps and... Um, pants underneath the chaps thank god a very open shirt and he gives you a wink and he licks his lips lasciviously and he's like hi y'all welcome to flirty dance haunted haunted house a bunch of children died in here and they're still trapped here <laughs> normally this was just a bunch of draculas and pop-up ghosts but now there are real ghosts in here oh my god it's pretty fucked up i guess i don't know if it's appropriate for children but if you give me two dollars, you can go inside. And now the choices are: you can give Flirty Dan two dollars, uh -huh. you can leave and go to the Midway or to dental school, or you can try to sneak past Flirty Dan and go inside. Uh, it was. Do we know if Flirty Dan was telling the truth about those dead kids? I mean, you don't know. Jesus Christ, Flirty Dan! I think I'm kind of uncomfortable, so I think I'm going to go back to the Midway. Okay, <laughs> you go back to the Midway. You leave Donald there with Flirty Dan. Oh, do I? Yeah. Okay. And you find Ronald, and Ronald has just stood there, unable to make a decision without you <laughs> in his life. He's just paralyzed because he's he's an inactive agent in his own <laughs> reality. So you can play a, a dart game where you throw some darts. Uh -huh. You can play a, a pitch a game where you throw a ball at some stuff. Okay. Or you can um, play the ping pong fish game. Which which do you want to do? Uh, let's throw some balls. Okay. You want which which balls? Or the ping pong game, or the, with the fish, or the pitch game? The pitch game. Okay. You go I'm into okay the pitch game with Ronald. Yeah. Ronald. Uh, it's like, you go for it, Billy, I guess is going to be your name in this. Sure, sure. Um, and you notice there's a creepy old man who's manning the pitch game. And he is long, he looks like Riff Raff from 
uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> which apparently Adolf Hitler has seen, because that's exactly how it's described in the book. I also like that a couple sentences earlier it says, you go for it, Billy, which I guess is your name in this. I, I, well, it just <laughs> says you, so I assume... Uh, no, it says Billy right there. Oh, true. Right there, yeah. Yeah. This it almost looks creepy. like you wrote it in, though, well, <laughs> like, with, no. like, marker. Clearly, this has been written by Adolf Hitler. Clearly, right. Um, painter, author, mass murderer. He's a triple threat. Man about town. Man about town. Uh, I think I will go see the show tonight. Maybe eat at the Brown Derby. And this creepy old man says, three throws for a dollar. And you notice... Then instead of like milk bottles to knock down, it's bones, human bones, <laughs> and the ball is a skull. <laughs> That's not very aerodynamic. No, it's the creeping. Well, most carnival games are rigged True. to begin with. Right. Also, how are they uh, making these bones stand up on top of each other? Right. They're, they're stacked like milk bottles usually are during the game. It's just yeah. a bunch of femurs. <laughs> <laughs> standing vertically. Okay. So now your choices are you can either pay play a dollar and get three throws for a dollar. Okay. You can go back to the rides or you can go to dental school. I'm going to assume that this is all fake mock-ups. Uh, so I'm going to pay a dollar to throw a skull at some okay. femurs. The man hands you the skull and starts to scream. The skull screams? Yes, it's screaming and it's screaming and it's not stopping. And the man's just staring at you. And Ronald's not doing fucking much of anything. Ronald. Ronald, seems, he's a little taken aback. He's like, Ugh! Thanks, Ronald. You're a big help. And so now, are you going to throw it? Are you going to kiss it? Are you going to go back to the rides? Or are you going to go to dental school? I'm going to ask... Uh, well, this is an option. I want to ask the old man what the fuck. But uh, I guess I'm going to throw it. You throw it? Okay. Yeah. Do you throw it at the bones, or do you throw it at the man, or do you throw it at Ronald? I throw it at the man. Okay, you throw it at the man. He says, Ow, you hit me with my own skull, and his head collapses. <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave it. <laughs> we're going to leave it right there his for now. His head just, like, collapses. Yeah. <laughs> like a deflated football. <laughs> like Exactly like a deflated football. I'm not reading all the description in the book. It's written much more flowery. But I don't want to get sued by Hitler for reading his book word for word on our podcast. Oh, my God. So, back to Violence Voyager. Sure. It's now nighttime. Bobby's dad comes home. and yes. Mom's worried. And this is the point where I realize that Mom looks like the Mona Lisa. If the Mona Lisa were like 80% forehead. Oh, yeah. Well, Mona Lisa is mostly forehead anyway. She's a foreheady gal. Yeah. But Mom is much. Much more? Yes. Okay. So, it's Mona Lisa. So, the boys decide to go to the Haunted Land building. No wonder which, she's sick. She's, like, super yeah. old. She is. Yeah. And But it makes sense why she's a painting. True, true. The boys decide to go to the Haunted Land building, which was their original goal. Yep. Akuna's crying. As he should be. This is some fucked up shit. Two robots point water guns at the boys, mm -hmm. and they take them to this junkyard where there are more robots. Oh, there's an earlier bit that we, we skipped over a little bit right before they find the girl. Bobby and Akum run out of water, and they go to a refilling station, which they were told about when when they first went in, to refill their water, and Bobby drinks some of the water and also feeds it to the girl. 
and my alarm bells went off in my brain because one of the first rules of fantasy fairy tale stories is when you are traveling in another land, do not drink or eat anything. Yes. I do not know if that was intentional or not, but alarm bells went off in my brain, so I thought I would mention it. Sure. Yeah. Then the robots take off their helmets. Yes. Bobby's dad goes to Akun's house to try to figure out where Bobby is. Mm-hmm. Yakun, who is a fucking annoying ass child who Jesus should be snapped, is tells Bobby's dad, like basically forces Bobby's dad to take him along with him, or he won't tell him. Yeah, I don't understand why Bobby's dad didn't just talk to their parents and be like, "Hey, our children are fucking missing. Mm-hmm. Maybe control your ham-headed child <laughs> and your make him ham-headed child tell us where things are." But no, Yakum uh, extorts Bobby's dad into letting him come along, and, and before that, extorts him for money. Yeah, to tell him. He gets Bobby's dad to pay him money to tell him where his own child is. Uh, if I were Bobby's dad, I would not take that. No. And you don't have to. And He's a child. You can beat him up. Again, talk to his parents. <laughs> talk to his and parents. And also, beat the child. Bobby's dad is so gruff and menacing, you'd think like he would be handle this better. you think he'd be less of a pushover. Yes. Which yeah. I don't know how I didn't catch on to that my first watch when I should have been like, yeah, maybe his Bob Bobby's dad isn't so much of an asshole. Maybe he's just sort of a... He's just, just tired. Has that, yeah. <laughs> he's just constantly tired. He works all day. Um, it turns out that the robots, after they take their helmets off, are the other kids from and early. The, specifically the little girls that they met earlier who yeah. were being so mean. The tongue-out kid. Yep. And the mean girl. Yep. And two other new kids. Yeah, two other much younger kids. The mean girl has been there since the day before. She's also trapped. So is the tongue girl. Yeah. Was, I thought the tongue, the, the tongue person is a boy. Oh, are they? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Well, I'm, the three girls that they saw the previous day have been there since the previous day. I believe it after was... after their conversation, they went off. Yes. I believe it was just the mean girl is a girl. I believe okay. the other two are boys. Okay. I was not keeping track. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. a little hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, they were attacked by the same robot who took Tokiko. Yes. And she says Tomoyuki. Who is different from the other robots visually in that the colors are different. He has a red... It, it, it has a red nose. Yes. Or a red beak, I should say. It's very... He looks sort of like a toucan. Yes. Very bird-like. Not much like a toucan, but he has a color scheme on the beak like a toucan. Yes. And we should say at this point that the aliens... Uh, it's better if you just see it, but the aliens have very rectangular heads. Well, we're about to get there because right. uh, the mean girl says Tomoyuki knows the most and calls him forward. And here's where the horror begins in earnest. Yeah. Tomoyuki's skin is red. It's mm-hmm. almost like the skin is gone. We'll find out later that all the nerve endings are exposed when this yeah. happens. So his skin yeah. most likely is gone. He's sort of drippy. Yeah. One eye is popped out of his socket and it's connected to a large rectangular appendage similar to the robots in the... Violence Voyager game. Yeah. And the children vomit when they see him. Even the children who are already aware yes. of what's going on, they all vomit. And I, I wrote down lots of vomit. And the vomit, again, all liquid is real. It's yeah. just spewing out of their mouths. It was pretty gross for a paper thing. Yep. Um, the two new kids are... Tomoyuki can't talk. No. Uh, which I don't know why the mean girl called him forward to be like, hey, why don't you fill everybody in? I guess it was just to gross everybody I out. I think it was just to show people, hey, this is what we're dealing with. Don't get caught. Yep. The two new kids are Sayaka and Kazuke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sayaka, again, massive forehead, seems to be balding. 
Yes. Seems to have male pa- male pattern baldness on mm-hmm. her little girl's body. Uh, Sayaka's little sis, Matari, got lost in the mountain ten days ago. Mm-hmm. More children went missing. Nobody seemed to want to do anything about it. So, like, a couple of Bobsitins, Sayaka and Kazuke, went looking for themselves and, and got the, stuck in Violence Voyager. And the little girl has a very particular way of talking. I'm trying to remember it. I, I neglected to note it down. But she... she It's very spunky, sort of precocious. Very like, spunky, very precocious, very... She's like a detective. Yeah, she talks like a... You're talking about the Bobsy twins. She talks like a character from a children's fiction book uh, who's just, like, very knowledgeable about what's going on. It, it, she seems like she would be a fan favorite character if this were a Digidestin type situation. Yeah. But she's on screen for very little time. Yes. The mean girl has a plan. There's a devil statue marked on the map, and for some reason she thinks if they get there they could find a way out. Yeah. Something skitters in the background, mm-hmm. and the tongue-out boy, Noguchi, goes to investigate. And here's where we see the first turn, which is very striking in this movie when a character turn does like a... 180, 180 turn. Yeah. You see the flat side of the paper. Yes. And it, it's very striking. I don't have anything in particular to say about it, except that when you see it, it, it stands out so much. It's like a... It's... it's it's Yeah, it's it's like seeing the underside of a puppet where, where there are no legs mm-hmm. in for a second. It's, it's... It's... It's the animator tipping their hand. Yes. As to what they're doing. They could have done a stop motion trick where they cut from one thing from them facing one direction to the other or even cut away and had them or even cut away and had like a sound effect of of foot footprints going around and then cut back but no they decided to uh they they just decided to flip them around they flipped that popsicle stick yep noguchi is attacked by the robot the robot the, the, the red-nosed robot. The blue and red robot. Rudolph the red-nosed robot. Oh, I wouldn't watch that. <laughs> I don't like robots. You don't like you don't like robots? Yeah, what do you th- feel about the movie Robots? I've never seen it. What about it the looked bad. movie iRobot? I've never seen it. Okay. It, it, it's bad. I've, <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. Um, Kazuke, the young boy mm-hmm. who they just met, jumps on the robot's back. The robot shoots Kazuke with acid, and it melts his flesh off. Yeah, this is where the real acid comes in. Yes. And it does still look like sperm. Yep, always does. Yep. Sayaka is dragged off, and the graphics for the disfigurement are really great. Like This is where it really, like, we talked about it being very violent and visceral when the dog attacks. This gets even more. This is when I was looking at this movie, and I was like, okay. This is where... Okay. Like, this is really bad. Yeah. The art is very good in this movie, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to the more disturbing things. Yeah, this is where it really starts to like sink its teeth into the meat. So the children try to shoot the robot with their squirt guns, but obviously it doesn't do anything. Because what else are they gonna do? Like, what what else do they have? And they have nothing. It turns out, yeah, they they they've been given water pistols. That part of it was still a game, but yeah. The kids try to flee through a passage in the wall. Mm-hmm. The robot grabs Bobby, starts to drag him away. Brave little Akun, even without hot-ass Sayori and her paper self around to watch. Poor little Akun. Jumps down and dives in front of the acid gun that's about to shoot Bobby. Before that, the alien shoots acid at Bobby several times and Bobby dodges it. He's the only character to do that. He's a good cum dodger. And I, 
and I started writing, Bobby has intense main character shields. Yes. They don't last the entire movie, but he does escape out of situations that no one else can escape out of multiple times. Do you think that was sort of a trick on the part of uh, Ujicha, where he's like, oh, Bobby's dodging, He's nothing's going to touch him, he's going to get through this fine, which he obviously does not. It's very possible, um... Yeah, I, I do think that there's something about him being American that he, he set a, he set apart several times. They make reference to the fact that he's a foreigner, and that's important. We don't mm. know why, but it's, it's he is often referred to as the foreign kid. as the foreign kid, and it seems or the blonde kid because he's the only one with blonde hair, which looks red to me. But everyone calls it blonde, so whatever. What do I know? Uh, so I I kept looking at that as being like potentially meta commentary on the fact that oftentimes. Uh, Japanese American co-productions will include an American or, or Japanese movies that are su- hopefully going to be successful overseas will include an American character or try and code their main character as American in order to say in order to be better at marketing the material overseas like Ash in Pokemon is supposed to be coded American oh is he? that's why Brock in Pokemon is more specifically coded Japanese. Is that why he has squinty eyes? That's why he has squinty eyes. Japanese are so racist. The Jap- that's why Brock was actually written out of the show is because someone on Pokemon was like, what's that thing that Americans keep saying that we are racist? What if Brock might be racist because of the squinty eyes? And they're like, okay, we'll take him out and replace him with Tracy. And then all the kids in America were like, we want Brock back. So they We want brought- the horny boy back. We want the horny boy back. So they brought back horny boy. Yeah. So yeah, Brock is a is a racist stereotype of a Japanese people as written by Japanese people. Gotcha. This is also the show where um, Jinx, the black Pokemon, there's an entire race of them who serve Santa as slaves. Oh. So that's canon. <laughs> How terrible. <laughs> but Bobby is. Turns out your favorite dog fighting anime is a little bit sus. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there are any ado- other dog. Fight- I wonder if there's a literal dogfighting anime. I would watch that. Oh, there might be. I really want to see the Warren Oates movie Cockfighter about uh, cockfighting. Is it like actual like cockfighting, or did people just pull out their cocks and like sword fight? Um, I mean, I'd watch Warren Oates do either, but it's <laughs> it's about like chickens. It's about roosters oh, fighting. Okay, okay, I'm less interested. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you you've always wanted to see Warren Oates very. Uh, I assume it's a very tan, haggard dick. Bobby's being dragged away. Akun jumps down. He's dodging the acid. Akun takes an acid shot for Bobby. Right to the head. Right to the head. Right to his his checkered Um, head. (laughs) Kaoki appears, takes the ubiquitous pole. Someone always has a pole in this movie. Mm -hmm. And they're always using it to bash the shit out of somebody. Mm -hmm. Hits Bobby and holds hands with the robot. Is he fucking this robot? No. Spoiler alert. He is not fucking the robot. Also, poles. Holding poles. That's another sexual thing. And Bobby is later impaled by a woman on a Mm. pole. Which is a reverse of standard sexual roles. I don't know if you guys are aware. But generally... A man penetrates a woman. A man penetrates a woman. But here... And actually... You want to hear something sexist and stupid? What? T.S. Eliot. Yeah. A famous poet. Horrible person. 
in real life. He once said that he wasn't a fan of St. Sebastian because St. Sebastian was famously killed by being penetrated by lots of spears. And there's a lot of artwork that has been co-opted by the, the gay community of, of St. Sebastian as being penetrated by lots of spears. And he saw that artwork and said it would be better if St. Sebastian were a woman. <laughs> because only women should be oh. penetrated by long things. What a fucking nut. He was a nut. Also, Cats is based on a fascist propaganda book that he wrote for children. But anyway. Oh, I didn't know it was fascist. I knew it was... Uh... I didn't know that until recently. <laughs> someone, wow. Someone pointed out, like, the entire thing is about the cats running a fascist death cult. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, maybe we definitely need to check out this movie now. I'll, I'll send you a video about how much of a fascist prick he was. I probably won't watch it. Cool. But do that anyway. I will. <laughs> um... This was the second time I watched this movie. I watched it previously a few months ago. Yeah. And this time, like... Back when we thought we were going to watch... We were yes. going to be doing this episode. And like I said, I just... From the first moment I, I heard about it, I was interested in seeing it. Someone had oh, described yeah. it as unlike anything else they had seen, which... That's what this show is. Yep. Yep. And this time watching it, the animation just seemed... Na it's not even animation, but the style of the movie seemed so natural and normal. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't stick out to me. It's it's Once you get over it, it's just another medium of telling a yep. story. There's a brief side thing where uh, Bobby's dad and Yakun arrive at Old Man Lucky Monkey's place, and Old Man Lucky Monkey somehow instinctively knows that Koike must have Bobby. Yes, and he's uh, they, they find Old Man Lucky Monkey. He's, again, sitting in a rocking chair, staring into the darkness, doing mm -hmm. nothing until they open the door and he suddenly turns around and addresses them. They tell him that Bobby and Akum are missing, and he yeah, instinctively knows he has history with this guy, he knows about his facility, and yet has not called the police! Well, no one seems to be... The police, it seems... Maybe this takes place in the John Wick universe, <laughs> where there's just that one cop. It's just a, Hey, Johnny. Hey. Working again? No, just dealing with some stuff. <laughs> Just try to keep it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back at Violence Voyager, the robot takes the children into the room, strips them naked, hangs them from the ceiling. Yeah, lots of child nudity in there this. Is, it's never sexualized, never sexual. Yeah. Um, but here is another, with the themes of sexuality and puberty, Yeah. we are seeing it. Bobby has a penis. Everyone has a penis. Well, except for the girls. Except for the girls. Yeah. Except for the one girl. But Kuike comes in and he starts inspecting them and, he's, and he says... Oh, this one's a, this one's a foreigner. We haven't had a foreigner before. That'll be interesting. Oh, this one's a girl. We can't use her. This one's dead. You killed this one. You killed this one. How dare you kill? You should never kill. No, he it's these. Yeah, because if he kills, he'll never become human again. That's right. So they they say like he wants to become this little robot dude wants to become human. And throughout the movie, I am never clear on how they're accomplishing that. This is. Uh, the movie never really... This is where the movie becomes very... Things are not explained. Yeah. Because Koike noticed that Takashi, the robot, his yes. son, is hungry. Yeah, so he, he puts him in a chair and takes him to see Mother. Yeah, up till now the movie has just been gross. This is where it gets weird. Yes. There's a vat of red liquid. From, I called it the tub of blood and the tub of meat. Yep. And uh, out of it, Koiki pulls a deformed creature that looks like Tomoyuki and the robots, but both sides of its head are ranked rectangular. It's fully been deformed. There's a computer monitor that says Pigeon Milk Crop Esophagus. 
Mm-hmm. Presses start, and Mother is a mass of disgusting red flesh with fleshy tentacles. Tub of meat. And later we see that it has a bird head. Yes. And we will eventually see a picture of Kuike and Takashi and Sayori's whole family. And there is a mother there. Yes. So it is unclear whether this is that woman transformed. Yeah, so there is a Lovecraft story, the title of which escapes me at the moment, but where there is a something-something in the attic of this house, and there's a, a, a guy named Whatley who he says, oh, my brother lives in the house, and uh, my mother died giving birth to both of us, and my father is away. And the twist of the story is, is that the father is an eldritch horror demon from out of space, and underneath his clothes, Whatley is half-human, half-monster, and the, and the, his brother, who lives in the house and no one ever sees, is this mass of tentacles and mouths and eyes, as you would expect from Lovecraft. Yeah. And I thought, when he said, let's go see Mother, and it was this big tub of meat, as I called it, that that was where we were going. But I don't know, because we see the picture, and there's a woman there, so clearly there was a woman around at some point, um, and we we find out later that the little bird robot kid was human at one point mm-hmm. before things happened. So I don't know, but that was my first thought when I saw that was, oh, he made love to an eldritch abomination, <laughs> and this, and now he's trying to turn his kid human so he can go to school like the other boys. Nope, not exactly. No, not at all. But then this this is where the Real weird shit happens where either, I can't remember who it was, the bird head or just one of the tentacles. It's just one of the tentacles. From the meat is brought forward on like a pulley almost. Yeah. And shoved Shoved into Takashi's mouth. Into Takashi's mouth and like a bird he is fed dissolved food through this tentacle. Uh, And it, it seems like it's almost choking him as he's eating it. It's dribbling out of his mouth. It again looks very much like cum. Uh, and it is just uh, not only vile and disgusting, but also fucking bizarre. Oh, it's absolutely it, bizarre. That was the moment where I was like, yeah, this is fucking weird. <laughs> this is this is fucking weird. Because again, a lot of the storyline of this movie follows very predictable beats in terms of this kind of story. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of visceral, violent, gnarly moments. But this is the first moment where I was like, yeah, this is some fucking weird this shit. Is some weird this ass shit. This is some weird shit and gross. <laughs> this yeah. is gross. Yep. And, and, yeah. Meanwhile, Bobby wakes up. He gets himself down, covers himself. Oh, and again, to the to the point of the performance of the of, of the guy playing the, the father here, he's so tender and caring about shoving this meat tube yeah. inside of his son's bird mouth. It's... It makes it all the more awful yeah. to watch in how tenderly and and again his, his performance is great. Are. He's always very tender with yes. his child. He ye- after he yells at Takashi for killing one of them, he comes back. He's like, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been so harsh with you." There's actually like a little cute moment where he's like, "Do you want to? Do you want to go get?" something ready or something like right after they talk and the kid like nods and it's almost like this cute little oh the little murder robot is such a cute little kid he just wants to please his daddy and as bobby is out exploring trying to get out he's dragged into a room there's another robot there it turns out to be their friend takaki the one that they were planning on visiting and it also turns and he recognizes him and this is where the scars come in because takaki was also in on their blood brothership yeah 
he also has a scar, and he, for some reason, he has only one alien starfish hand and one intact human boy hand, and that hand still has the scar on it, and that's how they recognize him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also, it, he can still speak, unlike the kid with only one eye conversion. Yes, uh, out there. And uh, to, it also Takaki says Takashi captures children and eats them, mm-hmm. as we just saw. And Tokiko is his girlfriend. Yes, all connected. So she was he was the boyfriend that Tokiko was talking about, and also that that confused me initially because I saw that they were shoving the white liquid into the to the kid's mouth, but I didn't understand how that was eating the kids, because the kids were being converted into aliens, but we find out what that is later. It shows it shows how a little bit more about how that process works, although it still remains extremely vague. Yes. There are not a lot of answers in this movie. No. Just a ton of cum. Just a ton of cum. So uh, much fucking cum. And here it's really made explicit how many children Koike has killed. It's oh. massive numbers. A lot Why has nobody noticed or done anything? Yeah. This is... <laughs> this is another element of this uh, genre, so to speak, is the unrealism, uh, the, the lack of realism and the the idea that anything like this could go on for this long. Yes. There's not a m- lot of that in this in this kind of uh, a film. It's just sort of like, let's just see what we can get away with. Let's see what the audience will accept from us. Like again, Rocky Horror Picture Show. None of that is is reasonable or feasible, and it's not yeah. meant to be. Takaki wants Bobby to save Tokiko. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of nude Bobby embracing Takaki with this, an erect penis. Is it's not erect? I don't think it is. I don't. I'd never interpret it as erect, but it's definitely again not explicit or necessarily sexual. Yeah. But it's mimicking a sexual embrace. It is definitely pointed at. His friend. Yes. I assumed it sort of had flopped up. And the rest of the time it's hanging. Yes. This time it's pointing directly at him in a straight line. Yes. Yeah. And Tokiko sleeps in Takashi's room. Separate beds, but presumably Takashi likes the female company. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Bobby is sneaking in Takashi's room, t- Takashi's room to sneak out Tokiko, mm-hmm. he puts on a pair of Takashi's underwear. Yes. And here is where... Bobby is becoming more like Takashi. There's... And I will say, there the way that he puts on the underwear is treated as if he was putting on a piece of equipment in, like, uh, a Power Rangers movie. There was almost like an Edgar Wright-esque whoosh, 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 yeah. uh, element to the, the editing when he put on the underwear. This is a... The underwear is considered a heavy-duty piece of equipment by the editor. Yes. And here, uh, Bobby is already becoming more like Takaki. Yeah. Or Takashi. A transformation that will become even more evident later. But if we associate this transformation with puberty and sexual awakening, Bobby is becoming more like Takashi in that he has interest in Tokiko, he has feelings for her. Yep. So, in putting on the underwear, he's becoming more... That's progressing his journey towards those sort of emotions and feelings. And Takashi, also, to, to further that, Takashi was the older one and he left them behind... And at the beginning of this journey was to try and catch up with him. Yeah. And along this way, they have caught up with him, and he's becoming more like him and all this stuff. So there's there's definitely, like, an analogy there. Yeah, well. Takashi has a girlfriend. He has the interesting girls. Yes. So, and he is transformed into this deformed figure. Yeah. There's a great, great shot where, as Tokiko is being carried out by Bobby, mm-hmm. Takaki leans into the room, but then you realize that he's been... 
killed by Koike. He sort of falls over dead. He has a yeah. impale. It's again the form is so limited, but you mm-hmm. get these classic horror movie takes and shots like that. They really do uh, use it to the to the max uh, of of what you can I you can presumably do. I don't know if another animator could do something more with it, but it's 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 really impressive what they're able to get across and the subtle moments they're able to include, despite the the form seeming so limited from the beginning. Koike captures Bobby. Yep. And, and next recaptures we, the girl. Yes. And next we see uh, Bobby's dad. He's inside the mountain. He's inside the Violence Voyager mm-hmm. compound. Finds a vat with all the strange creatures in them. Um, he finds a vat with all, all the children who have been converted. And, and we see uh, a, a brief shot right before this of the kids being lowered into the tub of blood. Mm-hmm. And I There's believe rows and rows. They're rows and rows of them, and I believe when they're lowered in, they're still normal. But by the time Dad comes to see them, they've all been converted. They all have the boxes on the sides of their head with their eyeballs dragged out to the to the uh, giving them the 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 hammerhead shark treatment. Yeah. And uh, so apparently, this is instrumental in turning them into food. Yeah, it must kid. be. But it also seems to be experimentation to try to figure out how to reverse what has happened to Takashi. Maybe. They can't do it to dead kids, though. Apparently they had to throw out the one dead kid. I guess. Yeah. But the the end goal seems to be to make Takashi normal again. Based on that one line of dialogue. Yes. Yeah. Um, So something seems to be there. Mm -hmm. Again, there are no answers in the movie. I don't think it's worth trying to find them because they're not we are not given enough clues. Mm -hmm. And normally that would frustrate me but it does not bother me in this. It doesn't bother me. I, I'm not... I I don't really need, especially in fantasy stories, I don't need everything to be told to me. Yeah. Uh, I I really like the movie Mirror Mask, and that movie does not spoon-feed you the information. No, but there feels like to be more of an internal logic there than I feel like it is present in Violence Voyager. Fair enough. I guess, I guess that would be my caveat, is as long as the movie knows what it's doing... I don't mind not knowing what they're doing, as long as I know that they know that they, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that there is there was some thought behind the scenes as to what is actually going on, almost like a Grant Morrison story where yeah. like, he's doing something and you just kind of or you get the information that he lets on to you, and then hopefully there's some behind the scenes information to tell you about exactly what's going on after the fact, which there is not with this movie. We couldn't find anything. I wish there was. Yeah. And it's not a particularly popular movie. There aren't like analysis nope. videos. This is there probably are a the... couple of other blogs that talk about obscure movies like yeah. us, and they talked about it, but they had just little to say about it as we yeah. do. <laughs> so Bobby's dad finds the vat and pulls out a row of the creatures, turns mm-hmm. them over, notices one of them has blonde hair. He just happened to grab his own Bobby. Thank God. Yeah. And this is where Bobby's main character shields finally fail him. Yes, he has been transformed into a monster. Yes. And now we'll take endless abuse. Yes. Quique appears, as he always does. There's a struggle. Bobby's dad is repeatedly stabbed by Takashi. Mm-hmm. And this, again, the action is so smooth. It shouldn't yep. be as smooth as it is. Nope. Bobby's dad eventually gets away from him and is carrying Bobby away. And Bobby's talking about how much pain he's in. 
Okay. And as he does, his eye stalks squiggle a little. Ugh. And it's a super disconcerting moment. Yeah. And again, like, a lot of the stuff with the converted kids didn't bother me so much. I I was bothered that the kids were hurt. Yes. And a lot of the dialogue about, oh, I'm in so much pain and it hurts to move, that all bothered me. But, like, the uh, the hammerhead shark head that thing, that didn't bother me at all because, one, it's paper, and two, yeah. it's so out there. Yeah. It's so, it's not like... You know, one of the one of the attractions of um, the centipede movies, the human centipede. the human centipede movies, was everyone was like, "Oh man, it's based on actual science. This could actually happen to you," and all this stuff. Which I mean, there's a debate, but like, I with this, I don't think this is ever. This is not an actual no, no, this that is not something that could you. happen. Yeah, you're not going to be turned into a bird person. Bobby's dad takes Bobby to the edge of like a canyon or cliff or something they're trying to go back to the exit and they accidentally run into a cliff instead yeah and yeah. bobby's dad drops bobby over either to kill him or to hope he survives the fall yep it's unclear it's unclear and he takes his climbing gear and tries to kill takashi with it but takashi gets him there's a squishy chomp and there's a really quick flash sort of montage thing of bobby's dad life flashing before his eyes mm. um yes that was an interesting choice. Uh, Bobby runs into Takaki, who has had his lower half ripped off. His organs are spilling out. Yep. Uh, Takaki apologizes for getting Bobby into this. Mm-hmm. And Bobby says he's made his own bed. It's his. He's made the choices to get him here. And Takaki says he sounds like an adult, which, again, the puberty, the growing up. Good point, yeah. You know what? Another reason why I might not be as disturbed by the gore in this as, as you might think I would be is because in between when I first saw Do the Right Thing and now I have seen Day of the Dead. Okay. And there's that scene where the zombie stands, tries to sit up on the table and all of its guts fall out. I've never seen Day of the Dead. It's gross as hell and it's awesome. Awesome. We'll have to watch it sometime. I, I, I think that of the Romero Dead movies, that's the one we should talk about on this show. Okay. it's so weird. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Bobby manages to escape. He goes back to... He's found by Kanji, the chimp. I noticed that when he escapes, the doorway that he escapes through is actually too narrow for the size of his head now. <laughs> he's been converted, but somehow he manages to make it work. Well, maybe he sort of leaned forward and he twisted his like head. Twisted his like, head like a dog carrying a stick. It would have been great if there was a sequence of him like bumping into it and then <laughs> just being turning in, around. Just screaming as he bumps his incredibly damageable head against it. Uh, he's back at Old Man Lucky, Lucky Monkey's place, mm-hmm. and as he's put into a chair and he's leaving blood all over the chair as he yes. moves, uh, we get some backstory about Takashi. He was a normal person, normal kid. He would come play at Old Lucky Monkey's place while his dad was doing his research. His then dad he gets was too busy to to play with him. Much like Bobby's dad. Much like Bobby's dad. And then Takashi was mauled by a fucking bear. By a fucking bear. <laughs> and. Koike used his research to... He said, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can turn him into a fucking monster. He'll be stronger, faster, more bird-like. More fleshy and in pain. More gross. It turns out Derek is still alive. Yes, he has a dead eye and he's got bandages all around his midsection. Old Man Lucky Monkey just happens to have the junk needed to give Bobby a Violence Voyager robot suit. Which helps relieve his pain. Not only that, but Derek is alive. The bat has come back. And we find out the bat is back because after Kanji puts on a back piece on Bobby's Vines Voyager suit, he 
shits out a bunch of yellow liquid from his prolapsed anus. Yes. What the hell was that? I don't know. It was and just there say, to be gross. And they say, oh, looks like the backpack doesn't fit you as well. Also, Bobby's penis is now gone. His penis is now gone. It's replaced with a sort of like a fold or a slit. I'm not sure yeah. if it's a vagina or just like a nothing. Uh, but uh, it's 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 gone, and he has a prolapsed anus now, and it just squirts out a bunch of stuff that looks like banana paste again. And then the bat eats it. The and that's how we know it. that the bat's still around. And he's like, oh, the bat... And and uh, they make a point of saying, with the with the chimpanzee, and the monk, monkey, uh, the, and the, the bat, the, the bat, and the cat, um, that old man Lucky Monkey asked Bobby if he knew he had so many nice friends. Yeah, Bobby has made a friend of nature. He has made a friend of aside from the birds and the dogs, he's made a friend of of these animals, and they are willing to protect him and serve him. In the fight against evil. Now, this is the moment where I knew you did not predict that this was going to happen in this movie, where Bobby has a team of animals. That I did not predict. It's such a bizarre moment and such a bizarre yes. fucking turn. But here is. I also did not predict that Bobby would be sent back alone to fight <laughs> against evil. Call the police! Call the army! Holy shit! Were they fighting Godzilla? Did this take place at the same time as Shin Godzilla? Were they all busy? Maybe. Jesus Christ. Uh, Bobby crafts a flamethrower out of his, a super soaker, like the one he used in Violence Voyager. It does not make any sense. He makes a shield out of a porta potty door. Yeah. And, old, like you said, Old Man Lucky Monkey just sends him on a search and destroy mission. <laughs> he says, go kill them all, kid. They climb a mountain. <laughs> Derek gets in a fight with Sparko. It rips his ear off. I believe there's a, there's a, when he's going through the, pile of junk to put his armor together there's a batman doll oh is there among the junk so there's a batman cameo in this movie but here's where bobby officially has a super sentai team yep he officially has a, his super sentai team a lot of uh sentai and japanese children's media talks about the responsibility of children to the the environment and protecting the environment and um and a lot of sentai teams are said to have a connection to nature that oh. they protect, or, like, there's also, like, a lot of kaiju films that talk, when they want the kaiju to be good, Mothra, uh, Gamera, even Godzilla in some movies have connections to nature, they protect nature and the huh. balance of the world. I didn't know. So that's that's a common theme. So Derek fights Sparko, rips his ears off, uh, Bobby and the animals do a super jump and a superhero landing on top of the Haunted Land building. Apropos of nothing. Inside they find Kyoko, who's the mean girl. And yes. Tomoyuki, and they're sort of impaled on spike beds. And for no reason other than just to be gross, Kyoko's corpse vomits onto Bobby. Yeah, I wrote at this point, puke, puke, blood, blood, puke, puke, puke. And let's do one last uh, installment of Flirty Dan's oh. Terror Carnival sure. Horror Place. So you've just uh, defeated the man. I, I uh, somehow. With, at the ball-throwing place. Yeah. And you turn to Ronald, and Ronald's like, we should get out of here, because you just killed a guy. <laughs> do you do you run with Ronald? Uh-huh. Do you go back and get Donald from the ride area? Uh-huh. Or do you play another game? 
I suppose we should probably go get Donald if we're going to leave. Okay. You go Donald. You go to Donald. Donald's in the haunted, haunted house. Oh, he's inside? He's gone inside. Oh, Jed. And damn. Flirty Dan's still waiting there. He's like, sorry, I can't let you inside unless you give me $2. Okay. Do you give Flirty Dan $2 or do you just leave? I guess I give Flirty Dan $2. I can't leave without okay. Donald. His mom's going to kill me. All right. Have fun, y'all. Try not to get eaten by baby ghosts. <laughs> and you go inside, and Donald has been torn apart by child ghosts. Oh, Jesus. And his blood is all over animatronic ghosts. Oh, my God. Do you try? Do you fight the ghosts? Do you try to sneak Donald's corpse away? Or do you just go home? I think we just go home at this point. You beat you beat Flirty Dance Terror Carnival. <laughs> Wait, we just get out? Yeah, you just get out. <laughs> I thought the ghosts were going to chase us or some shit. No, they're too busy eating Donald. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. You win. <laughs> you beat Adolf Hitler's most devious puzzle yet. <laughs> the only winning move is not to play. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When I came up with this bit... I thought you were going to go to dental school. Why would I go to dental school? I don't know. I hate teeth. I don't know. But when I was coming up with, when I was marginally planning this out, yeah. just vaguely, I was like, I should concentrate on this dental school track. And then the only other, I came up with the concept of a haunted, haunted house. Yeah. And I came up, I thought you would play the dart game. Um, so every choice you made was not a choice I had prepared oh, no. for. I'm sorry. Should I go to dental school? Do you want? No, to it's that? okay. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. That's that's fucking hilarious. I okay. So uh, <laughs> I love it. You thought I was going to dental school, so you keep giving it as an option. You're like, you sure you don't want to go to dental school, Billy? Go to dental school. I work so hard on the dental school path, Billy. Go to dental school, Billy. This is what being a DM is like. <laughs> Bobby encounters Sayori. Okay. She says, even in Bobby's enhanced form, he, she can't, he can't beat Takashi. And that her father gave his life. And she gave her youth to raise Takashi. Which is all... Even in your most advanced form, you can't defeat this enemy. Is again, such a Sentai... Such a such a Japanese anime line. It's such a... It's such a... Like, even, even with Exodia, you couldn't possibly defeat the great Maximilian Pegasus. Gotcha. And all that stuff. It's, it's so... It's so anime. Bobby has a great retort. Your youth? I don't even know what that is yet. I ended up with a body like this before my youth even began. Mm. Which is again puberty. He's he's changed. He's become a. He's moving towards adulthood before he w even was really able to savor the childhood. And many many young men, and I assume young women haven't been one, but I many young men feel themselves be through puberty. They feel like they're becoming monstrous. Yes, they have. They're hairy. They're sweaty. They smell bad. Their exactly. hair. Exactly. It's, it's it's gross. It's weird. It is. It's dumb. So does my puberty sexual theme? I think you're onto something here. I think I I, uh, yeah. I think I think you're really on a track. There. It's a little scatter shot. A little like bit with uh, the more sexual aspects Much of it. Much like masturbation. Yep. Ooh, yeah. if if yours is going all over, <laughs> if you have like a, if it's like a shotgun blast, shotgun like, blast, it just goes just <laughs> little beads got, of cum got all over the room. All over the room. Yeah. 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 Don't take a black light to this place. <laughs> <laughs> 
And here's where it gets very, very Super Sentai, where Sayori starts a giant robot. Yes, a mech. Yep, a mech. The animal friends come in to help save him. Yeah. The bat attacks Sayori. She drops the tablet, and the bot crashes. And here's where Bobby's was impaled ex- by Sayori. I was expecting, uh, because all of the other aliens, and the big robot looks like the other aliens and the other alien robots... I, I refer to the mutated children as aliens in my notes. That's fine. Because that's what they're set up to be in the beginning. Um, so, it, I expected there to be something horrible inside that robot. I expected it to crash, break open, and we'd see, like, like what's that story, that Clyde Barker story you love with all the townspeople? In the Hills of the Cities, I believe In the Hills called. of the Cities. There's a great Clyde Barker story where a bunch of people in, in two towns come together to form a giant organism together. And I expected something like that, like a bunch of raw, meaty kids just, like, formed together in this weird Clive Barker-esque horror show. That would have been cool, but I yeah. think he was going for more of just, like, the Sentai I reference. Think, I think that is what he was going for. But at this point, every every egg had been cracked open to reveal something horrible. True. So I was expecting, you know, at least a giant prolapsed anus. <laughs> you know? Well, there is a lot of liquids shooting out during this sequence. Yes, is around this time that... His scarred hand breaks open. It breaks open, and it's a torrent of white liquid. This is his true sexual awakening. Yep. Uh, he's just been impaled by Sayori. Yep. But he sprang Sayori with his semen. Yep. Her tongue is out. We're showing her face being showered. It's almost like bukake. Yep. And Bobby's face, it almost looks like he's enraptured. His mouth is open. His eyes are half-lidded. Sort of like tilted back. Yeah. Seems to be an orgasmic experience. And also the, the the liquid it's again real liquid like everything. Yes. But there's also a um an af a post production of glowing effect that's added to it. Yeah. To make it also seem like a laser beam almost. Yeah. Yeah, even though it's definitely a liquid. And as uh it's melting Sayori's face mm-hmm. and of course our gross ass bat friend has to come in and <laughs> that lick bat at friend it. just likes licking shit up, especially yep. stuff any that sort looks of like goo. Gum. Any, any sort, sort of, of yellowish whitish goo. He's just he's just there for it. Bobby finds Tokiko about to be experimented on by Takashi. Bobby tells Tokiko he's there to save her. Koike enters on a conveyor belt like a, <laughs> like a weirdo. He comes, and it's like a little it's like a little conveyor belt door, not made for a human. Yeah. And he's like crawling out of it on his four legs like he was in there. I can only imagine he was in there like working on something and he was like, oh no. Oh, he's back. He's back. Uh, he out. says that Takashi is going to marry Koiko. Or Tokiko. Sure. So many names sound so fucking similar in this movie. <laughs> there, Yeah, there's a lot of uh, similar consonants and, and uh, vowels. And marriage growing up. Yep, mating. Sex. Yep. Bobby gets impaled by a pole by Koiko. Bobby throws the pole at Koiko. Mm-hmm. Dodges. It hits the fleshy horror with the bird head that splits open. And more deformed, rect- rectangular-headed monsters emerge. They sort of mule and cry like babies. Yeah, so I think at this point we've, we've pretty much figured out they they convert the kids in the in the tub of blood into the cockeyed monsters, and then the cockeyed monsters are dissolved inside the tub of meat into the cum liquid and then fed into Takashi. Yeah. I don't understand any of this, but whatever. And it looks like Bobby's about to be defeated, but the animal friends show up one last time. Yep. Bobby unleashes a super cum blast and kills Takashi. Yep. 
Kuike cradles Takashi, closes his eyes, then presses a button on the side of his helmet, and Takashi explodes. And this is my favorite sequence. He fitted his son with a self-destruct button that's on being, the side of his head. That's called being a good dad. Bill Cosby How? writes about it in fatherhood. <laughs> Now, when you got the baby, you got to put the bomb in the head. Oh, my God. Suicide Squad style. But, (laughs) yes, I agree with you. In terms of, like, where the animation goes and the funky shit it does with it, this is the ultimate. This is so great. It looks nothing else like in the film. Yeah. Where all the other backgrounds were drawn on paper. Mm -hmm. This seems to be a model. There's there's what appears to be a model of one of the monsters in the foreground. Yeah. But we have the two paper models... And they're blown up by what seems to be fireworks. And yep. they just keep flailing around, like explosion, explosion. They're flipping around. We see the stands that the figures were standing up on. It it's, almost it almost looks like he either... Because there are superimposed fire effects. Yes. But it, it, it looks like he either is like blowing them around somehow, or he actually like put a firecracker in the little dollhouse he was using. And went, and I believe at least for the initial explosion, there must have been something, something because I believe we see a little bit of real fire too. I think we do see the paper catch a little bit, but oh. yeah, there's also an, it's such a neat yeah. thing, it's, and it it kind of breaks, it kind of breaks your involvement in the story a little bit. But it doesn't. It, it again, it, it's the puppeteer revealing his hand a little bit. It, yeah, it doesn't in the perfect way where it's such an interesting break from the style. It's not like, oh, this is jarring and weird, like. The moments in Shin Godzilla where it would switch to documentary style, and I was yeah, like, yeah. this is kind of off-putting. This is such a cool effect, and it's literally what kids do. It's how kids make movies. Yeah, no, there are a lot of bits, especially during the final fight, where it literally feels like kids taking their toys and mashing them together yeah. when they're fighting. And this is just an, ex- uh, an extrapolation of that. You know what it reminded me of? Have you ever seen Don Hertzfeld's short film, Rejected? No, I have not. I've always meant to. I've meant to watch Don Hertzfeld's stuff for a while. There's a great bit at the end of that short film, spoilers for those who haven't seen this film that's been on YouTube forever, uh, where um, he says, and then the rejected projects started to implode on themselves. And he starts... All of it has been regular animation of stick people up to that point. And then he starts stop-motion animating the paper the animated people are on. Oh, wow. And it shows reality warping around the people and tears starting to appear in the paper and it's killing them and all this stuff. It reminded me of that. A little bit less high-tech than that. Yes. Because that is a really impressive sequence. And this is an impressive sequence, but that's a really impressive sequence. I mean, this is just impressive for... Yeah. It's hard to explain, but it's impressive because of how different it is. Yeah. And just... You don't expect it. It's... Also, it feels perfectly natural. Yeah, like it that's, seems that's like, the funky thing about it. It seems like, of course, like, it wouldn't be enough to just, like... Because all the fire... And whenever there's fire, it's real fire, superimposed. Yep. Whenever there's water, it's real water. So if there's going to be an explosion, mm-hmm. it needs to be a real explosion. Yeah. So here we get that. Here we get it. Uh, Bobby is carrying Tokiko away, and Tokiko has the great line, Will we ever be normal again? Mm. Which someday I'd like to have a version of our theme song where there's a bunch of lines from movies. Yes. And this is definitely one I want. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's I think that's a great line for this. Is like people, we, 
us coming in watching these movies coming out will we ever be normal again I and think as, I was even thinking that when I was watching movies like will I ever be normal again Jesus and that's something I said in the first episode is these are movies that change you if nothing by other than by virtue of the fact that now you have seen them yeah. your tolerance for the weird and strange has been expanded adjusted what is normal for you like I'd put this movie about like a 5 on the weird scale out of 10 yes okay so this is sort of like a middling thing for me, whereas if we were to show this to other people, they would be aghast and, like, very confused. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't show this to my mom. No. Yeah. Your mom would find this uh, horrifying and strange and upsetting. Oh, yeah. She'd be very confused. Uh, they escape. Bobby returns home to his mother. With flowers. With flowers. The narrator says Bobby's found new friends and a new body. Puberty. Yep. And he has brought back flowers, as you said to fill his mother's vase. And now that his father's dead, mm -hmm. and Bobby has essentially killed him due to his recklessness of trying to take the path to the mountain. Yep. Bobby had not done this. He would not. His father would not be dead. Mm -hmm. So he has killed his father, and he is now the man of the house. And he has brought yep. back flowers to fill his mother's vase, being her vagina. Yes. And to, to fill his father's role, there's, there's very much a, a, a sense of him being a returning hero from the war yes. almost coming back with flowers for his mom and the 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 the, the monologuing narrator returning from the beginning again because there bobby is very changed and he'll have lots of challenges to overcome in the future and again it feels like the ending of the first episode of pokemon or the first episode of mask rider which i saw recently like how was that pretty good it's it it's i'm like i watched the first episode of like the old original mass gotcha. writer but or common writer as it's called in, in japan but like it it was pretty good the original bad guys are not aliens they're just like neo-nazi mad scientists gotcha which would not fly in the states i've always but been curious about that it's pretty fun it's like sentai but made to be slightly more violent which is okay. you know pretty legit yeah but so but like it, it, it's again like that sort of thing they always end with that narration is like life will never be the same for bobby but he'll have lots of adventures to go fighting the iron cross army and all this stuff and and uh it just it you know it just it just it's again pointing towards this this movie very much in in form is a kids movie made in a style that no kid should ever watch no uh and just don't don't do it <laughs> just don't watch it if and, you're a kid listening to this why and also don't watch this <laughs> or fucking watch it yeah and be go down your journey early <laughs> yeah sure why not you'll so be changed that's violence voyager do you have any closing thoughts anything else you'd like to add i think going over it in this in this way uh it has kind of cemented. I, 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 I do think that I, I would. It's way too late now, but I do recommend it now. Yeah. Uh, going through it, yeah. There's, there's a lot more thought put into things than I thought, especially with what you were talking about. I think that there's, there's a lot more there than I think could be considered uh, accidental. I mean, there, you could make an argument that a lot of this stuff is just grossness for grossness' sake. Like, yeah. Like the, the girl going blah and the vomit and stuff like that. But like. Uh, I think I think that that you're right that there's there's something there that the the author was getting at and complete with like adding in those elements of of Japanese children's television adds to the sort of the meta narrative of 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 the puberty and the growing up and all that stuff. So yeah, I I, I think I way too late now, but I think I do kind of recommend this this movie. That's that's 
there's a lot more there at play than I was giving it credit for. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about, finally, Me and My Dick. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about Me and My Dick for quite a long time. Well, this would have been a good episode. There was a lot of dicks in there. There was a lot of there. There were a lot of dicks and vaginas. There's going to be a lot of dicks and vaginas. There's, there's you're gonna you're gonna experience a cult of flying vaginas. And, and to clarify, you're talking about the Star Kid musical "Me and My Dick." The Star Kid musical "Me and My Dick," which if you want to watch it before next episode, is available on YouTube for free. Uh, it's it's a great thing, and I can't wait to show it to you. I have no idea what if you're gonna like it or not. Well, we'll but see. I fucking love it. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Bye. Uh, where are you? Where are you? Where there are you? Go.